Pyrapiria is all about identifying which drug is effective in either a group of cancer patients uh, to find the generally most uh, effective drugs or in the individual cancer patient where you then would often look at different drugs to see which one is the best. Welcome to this episode of Speed of Life. This is a podcast series focusing on innovations accelerating towards better health. My name is Björn and I am co-hosting this episode together with my colleague Diana. A very warm welcome to you. Let's jump into this episode. Right. Hello. <laughs> Hello to all the listeners of this uh, episode today and a warm welcome to our guests, uh, Annika Eriksson and Lasse Jensen from Bioreperia. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Would you please introduce yourselves? Annika, you can start. Yes. So my name is Annika Eriksson. Uh, I have been with Reperia since March this year, so I'm quite new still. Mm. I have a long background within the pharma business and especially within oncology since beginning of 90th. So I have joined this fantastic journey regarding oncology and followed all the different medicines developing during all the years and uh, see that the, the possibility for patients to to survive from cancers has increased substantially, so this is fantastic. I'm a biologist by training and uh, within specifically within immuno- immunology, so uh, it's great to, to be here now at Bioreperia for seeing um, the, the situation with the colony from the other side, the diagnostic side, see how we can improve patients' lives by selecting right treatment for right patients. So it's, it's fantastic being here. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, um, my name is Lasse Jensen. I'm uh, uh, originally from Denmark, but moved to Sweden in 2006 when I started doing my PhD at the Karolinska Institute. And that's also when I started working with the zebrafish, which of course has laid the foundation for this uh, company by Reperia. Uh, although uh, the journey started in, in 2015, uh, a few years after I had moved to Linköping, uh, when um, uh, the product that we are going to talk about more in detail later on, um, uh, I had experienced uh, a lot of people asking me if I could help them uh, with uh, with these type of analysis, uh, tumor studies in, in zebrafish embryos. And uh, together with uh, with a partner, uh, another um, uh, academic uh, person, uh, Anna Falgren, uh, now a professor at uh, Linköping University, we founded by Reperia to uh, to uh, service this market, and um, uh, that's really uh, my role in the company. It is to develop the zebrafish uh, platform and the zebrafish tumor model. So I'm the uh, chief technical officer in the company. Also. Uh, we are looking forward to hearing more about the, the company, the history of it, um, and future plans. But first, I would like to know a little bit more about you. Uh, and Lasse, uh, will you tell me more about uh, the development and the upcoming of Bayer Absolutely. Yes. So um, we figured out in uh, at around 2015, uh, and by we, I mean Anna Falkren and myself, uh, the two founders of the company, that the 
a technology that we have been working on, or uh, it was mainly me working with the zebrafish uh, models in the beginning, uh, that technology really had a great interest, uh, especially from uh, people developing uh, anti-cancer drugs. They needed a fast and reliable system for evaluating the efficacy of these anti-cancer drugs. And uh, uh, when you're developing drugs, uh, it's common to go from a high throughput system, for example, a cell culture uh, system, uh, and then you need to advance those candidates into more advanced systems, such as mouse uh, xenografts uh, systems, mouse tumor systems. And there was um, a gap between those two platforms where uh, companies needed uh, a bridge where they could evaluate a larger number of drugs than what they needed to evaluate in the mouse systems, but mm. perhaps not as many as in the cell culture systems. And that's where uh, the zebrafish models fit in initially. Uh, now, relatively early during the development of the company, we are also found another uh, application of these zebrafish models, namely that we could implant tissues, either from patients or uh, mouse tumor tissues, in the zebrafish, uh, thereby making a much more complex tumor that was more similar uh, to, to the disease found in the patient. And that opened up a whole new area, which is what we are focusing on today, namely uh, precision medicine, finding the right treatment for, for the cancer patients. And would you tell me a little bit more about your role now? Yes, so my role is uh, mainly uh, technical development, so uh, both in terms of understanding how to uh, prepare um, cells from the tissues that we obtain from the clinics, also in terms of automation, we're developing robots and uh, um, automated visualization systems, uh, also software to analyze the images uh, in order to get uh, a quantifiable measure of tumor size and drug response. So all of these many technical uh, issues related to the platform, that's, uh, that's my main <laughs> role in the company. And, and who is the use, intended user for this at the moment? Yes, so um, we have two uh, main markets at the moment. One is the pharma companies, um, uh, and they have actually shifted from from using these products relatively early in the drug development stage to now being interested in using the, the zebrafish tumor xenografts or ZTX models quite late when they're planning perhaps their, their clinical trials to understand which types of patients should we do these clinical trials in or understand more about the heterogeneity of the responses uh, among different patient groups. Um, so the pharma companies is one uh, intended user, but also the the healthcare system, uh, this can be private clinics or public uh, cancer clinics, it can also be other buyers of healthcare services such as um, insurance agencies or even private individuals that, uh, that have a relative with cancer and want the, the best treatment for, for that person. You go for them all. We go for them all, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it sounds good. And Annika, as you told us before, you're newly appointed CEO. Uh, what made you engage in Bioreperia and um, how do you see that your background and your experiences will uh, contribute to the development of the company? Yes, that's a great question, of course. Uh, uh, well, the reason why I'm at Bioreperia is that I see a, a, a new angle, a new possibility to help patients to have the right treatment. 
because cancer is of course an awful disease and uh, still many patients uh, doesn't have the right treatment because of lack of right diagnostic tools. So this is uh, a contribution from Bariperia's perspective really to to deliver this diagnostic uh, tool in Stepafish embryos for helping patients to have the right treatment and meaning that many, many more lives can be saved. So this is really my, my um, motivation factor. I think this is very important. Mm. And another one, of course, is to be in this culture, this startup innovative culture. I'm really burning for this. It's, mm. it's fantastic. And to have such a great team in Linköping, it's also great. So uh, it's several factors, of course. So, yes. What, what do you bring with you, uh, coming from Big Pharma, for instance? Yes. What, what, what can you, um, what do you have from Big Pharma that you can teach to uh, to a startup company? Uh, yes, of course, I have a long experience, both regarding business. Uh, there are several fantastic teams and many great persons, of course, but the business experiences uh, are not that big. So I, I feel that I can really contribute from from that perspective because I've worked a lot within business organizations. So this is one part. The other one is the leadership. I've been leader for many, many years in different uh, teams and organizations, and I, I, I know that I can contribute even from that side. Mm. And the third one is, of course, that I've been working with oncology from the, from the pharmacy side and know the importance of finding right uh, medicine to right patient. Mm. So, yes, several, several perspectives. Mm. Yes. Sounds good. Promising. <laughs> yeah. And what about the name Bioreperia? Where does it come from? Oh, yes. Um, so in, in the early days, we were trying to find a name for the company. <laughs> and that can always be challenging. <laughs> we, we had a long list and we, we were looking at, at different possibilities and everything was already taken by some other companies. <laughs> and we, we had to really uh, get down to the nitty gritty of, of what, we, uh, what we wanted to do. At that time, it was still... Uh, a focus on on the pharma industry and helping them to identify and develop uh, drugs quickly. Um, so we were looking at cool words, often Latin words. Okay. Uh, they sound cool, right? <laughs> and we we figured out uh, that the the Latins uh, used a word called reperio when they were doing research in order to identify and discover uh, principles. Uh, of biology or or drugs that were affecting diseases they used this word reperio and coupling a little bit closer to bio we added bio and then since uh, biology is a feminine word we changed reperio to reperia and there you have it bio reperia <laughs> to to do research and discover uh, principles of biology basically <laughs> great it's a great name uh, and now you talked a bit uh, already about it, but uh, would, would you give us the short pitch of what you do? What would you tell your neighbor that's not familiar with this? Yes, so uh, Bioreperia is all about identifying which drug is effective in either a group of cancer patients uh, to find the generally most uh, effective drugs or in the individual cancer patient where you then would often look at different drugs to see which one is the best uh, to treat this patient. So really finding drugs that are effective in the patients uh, or in tumor models if you're using it for drug discovery. And you talked about zebrafish. 
Yes. Yes. So Why? the way we, <laughs> yeah, uh, the way we do this is that we we uh, implant the tumors um, under the skin uh, in the zebrafish. The zebrafish, it's not the adult zebrafish we're using; it's the embryo, um, so the developing zebrafish organism. Uh, because it is transparent, uh, we can see every single tumor cell that we're implanting and how it moves and interacts with the zebrafish uh, host. Uh, we can follow this over time in a living animal. We can see how these tumor cells, they die, for example, if they're treated with a, with a drug that kills them, while the fish is still alive and, and swimming around. The zebrafish uh, per se uh, is used for research because it's a small larvae. The, fi the adult fish uh, give a lot of eggs uh, with a very short breeding cycle of only a week. They're small and easy to keep, so it's really a very flexible uh, system um, for all of these reasons. Uh, much faster uh, system than, uh, for example, using mouse for, for similar purposes. Mm. So why spend half a year on, a, on an assay in a mouse when you can get the data in five days using a zebrafish embryo? And better data, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit curious now. When you said that you you were trying out and had a lot of suggestions for names for your company, how many of those were actually, you know, referring to a zebra? <laughs> <laughs> not not so many actually, because in the <laughs> in the beginning uh, we had a broader focus. It was uh, um, uh, also. Um, envisioned that we would develop other methods, not only zebrafish methods, but other uh, advanced uh, methods within tumor biology or other uh, types of disease models as well. So we didn't want to uh, limit ourselves to zebrafish models when we came up with the name uh, in 2015. Uh, but uh, um, as it turns out, you know, a company develops in unforeseen uh, ways and uh, as it turns out uh, it, it has been a, a major focus on zebrafish models uh, oh, okay. today maybe you will come back to the other models in yes in your yes. journey we yeah. do have uh, development programs in the company mm. that are not focused on zebrafish also <laughs> uh, yes i can also comment a bit on the advantages uh, with having this kind of, of, of tests um, because uh, i mean oncology and uh, as well as other other areas of course, uh, it's very, very connected to high costs regarding treatment. Uh, for instance, the new immune oncology drugs, uh, I mean, costs more than 100,000 per patient sometimes, and uh, just uh, around 20% can, can be helped by it. So having treatments or diagnostic tools, finding out exactly which patient that can have right treatment means that that the community and, uh, and healthcare can save a lot of money, which of course is is very important. So, in this perspective, we also contribute a lot with these kind of tests. Mm. And how far from market are you, or how close? Maybe I should say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as Lasse says, we have um, two two legs in the company, two markets, and uh, regarding the one that directed towards the pharma companies, biotech companies developing own their own drugs. We are already in the market with that with that side, but on the other one, we are plan to launch the other diagnostics for each and every patient within a, a couple of years. Yes. Uh, and you mentioned beho before you have been active since, or you the com c company was founded seven years ago. How has it developed since then? 
uh, I reckon it has not been a straightforward path. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. So um, it, it went quite slow in the beginning. Um, we uh, had a somewhat naive notion that we could uh, develop the company organically by uh, uh, getting uh, customer projects that would then pay for the research and development in the company and increase uh, the number of employees and so on. And uh, um, that that turned out to be too slow. Um, when we started employing people and uh, there was a lull in the uh, customer projects coming in, for example, because of summer or whatever reason that, that customers were not as, as active in, in, uh, in signing up for our, our products, uh, we, we found out that we needed investors um, and uh, started in 17, 2017 with the first seed investment round. And that also brought a lot of knowledge uh, to the company and uh, a, a great network for further and much faster uh, development. Um, in that uh, respect, we also started at an incubator in Linköping that has helped us a lot, understanding the business perspectives and uh, all the many things that uh, require financing and all the competences uh, needed and um, we therefore continued uh, taking in a Series A investment round in 2019, and we are now working on, on the next investment round as well. So we have left this idea of organic growth uh, mm -hmm. such that we can bring this personalized uh, medicine application of the zebrafish um, uh, to machinograft models to the market much faster than we otherwise would have. Mm. Uh, another part that we are interested in is a company's uh, culture, values and visions. Um, is that something that you think of or talk about or maybe work actively with? Uh, and if so, in what way and why? Oh, yes, absolutely. So um, the, the company have a very um, clearly stated vision um, and that is to help uh, patients. So that's central in, in all we do. Uh, both when we are helping pharma companies develop their drugs. Uh, we want to do this to get the drugs out on the market quickly and also, of course, choose the most effective drugs to put on the market. And also for our precision medicine products, uh, we want to help the patients directly uh, to get the best uh, drug available for them. Um, so the, the patients and reduce the mortality uh, in cancer uh, for the patients, that's really uh, the vision uh, we have in the company. The values um, uh, we have in the company, since we're still a startup, it's very much uh, focused at the moment on the on the innovative uh, environment in the company, uh, and we recognize that it's the people who work in the company uh, that are really driving uh, the development uh, right now. Uh, so our values uh, are are focused on that. It's uh, things such as openness uh, and uh, respect for each other it's uh, to have an in innovative in environment um, and the courage uh, to innovate we should not uh, stick to our guns but we should see what is uh, around the next corner and have the courage to to take that path as well so those are some of the values we have mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. And those are more and more um, important to communicate in order to attract uh, uh, talents, future employees or even investors. Uh, what do you think attracts people to work or invest in your company? 
Uh, well, I believe, of course, in, in that uh, regarding uh, innovation. This is very important, yeah. innovative climate, and also, of course, innovation within oncology, since this is, uh, this is a very difficult area and uh, awful disease. Uh, so I think those two parts, innovation and, and to help patients uh, with cancer. Hmm. I'm not yes. sure about that. Yeah, um, I agree. We we will attract those people who wants to work with something that is unlike anything else uh, on the market and and feel uh, inspired uh, by that. Um, uh, so um, I completely mm. agree with you. It's really the in innovative climate that has to uh, to be the focus of those that wants to invest in the company or work in the company. Mm. Yes. And where do you see yourself in five years? What have you achieved by then? Uh, I think we have um, s helped a lot of patients to survive, of course, and uh, by repairing the, the products are on the market very successfully. So, uh, and we can we can uh, look back and really see that what we did uh, together with our partners and investors and 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 the company really has helped many 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 patients. So I would say so. Yes. Do you say Lasse? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think that. Uh, that we're growing uh, on the market in five years. Um, I think that uh, both of us will still be in the company. It will not have been uh, sold yet. We have a, we have mm. a, an idea that we really need to be um, a recognized, uh, rather big uh, player in the precision medicine market before we're um, willing to to let go of the company to an even bigger player so we, we will still be be working hard mm. and uh, making sure that the ZTX models are coming out to as many patients as possible in five years but we will have helped a lot of patients already by then yeah. do you think it is a necessary step to partner up with a major player to be able to to be more successful on the market i think so i think uh, um, there is too much work involved with the setting up the infrastructure of having all these contacts to all of the clinics, uh, all the distributors of, uh, of diagnostic uh, tests uh, to develop that also in our company when there are other companies that already have that whole infrastructure uh, available. Uh, I think that if we can uh, demonstrate um, the value of the ZTX platform, there should be interest. Uh, there should be interest in acquiring Bioreperia from one of these larger players, and that would really make the whole thing much more effective. It would be able to bring out the ZTX model to much more uh, regions and patients uh, faster, and and that to me is more important than uh, than anything basically than than having the. Uh, ownership or anything like that. I mean, it's it's all about the patients. So we want as many to benefit as possible. And I think that's an important step. Yeah. I think it's a fair assumption. I know, Joannica, coming from big pharma and so on, uh, larger companies, those are, in my eyes, more of a launching machines. Um, and they are also a need to partner with smaller and more innovative companies to be able to fill up their portfolios as well. Uh, so I, I think it's a good match, definitely. And, and that one needs the other, so to say. Um. Yeah, we've learned uh, a bit more about you and your, your company and motivations and your journey. Um, if you were to restart your journey, Lasse, what lessons have you learned? Yes, <laughs> I, I feel that uh, things have been going a bit too slowly in the beginning. I would probably have um, partnered up with 
business development people, people with more experience in, in this area, such as Annika, for example, mm. much earlier mm. in the in the development of the company, um, such that uh, we could have shaved off a few years in the early days of the company. So, uh, so that's. Uh, the main thing that I would have have changed, however, I also realized that some products need a bit of time to mature uh, properly and uh, uh, too quick acceleration in the early immature days of a company can also be detrimental uh, for product development, etc. Um, but still, perhaps a few years could have been shaved off. <laughs> <laughs> One of the uh, one of the aspects uh, of the uh, recruitment problems we had in the uh, beginning, or I don't know if we consider them to be problems, but we mainly recruited operational people uh, in the uh, first years of the company, people in the lab uh, performing the experiments for the customers, and we. Um, were engaged uh, the two founders Anna Falkeren and Michael, myself um, in the uh, strategic development of the company and um, that was uh, because none of us were uh, employed in the company we had our academic careers next to the company um, that uh, reduced the speed of the company development and and focusing entirely on uh, operational uh, lab people as the as the recruitments uh, might also be something that that could be reconsidered if we were to do the journey again mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're up to speed now as i reckon yeah yeah now we're up to speed but uh, uh, one thing that has um, has taken a long time is also the clinical development and i think uh, you you have some ideas on how uh, annika the clinical development could have been perhaps uh, accelerated earlier on Yes, I'm, since I'm coming from outside uh, during the spring, I have thought a bit about what could have been done earlier, and that is to really set up a, a very effective network with clinicians and uh, clinics worldwide, because uh, this is, of course, the most important coming to acceptance uh, in, in the clinics, in the market. So this, this could have been a bit earlier for, for increased efficacy of the company, I think, and the business. Yes, yes that's a good point. Good, thank you. And we would like to believe that there are opportunities in being part of uh, part of strong clusters and ecosystems where there are others with similar interests. Uh, what do you see as the advantage of having your business in e-shopping? Yeah, one advantage that I see is um, Linshipping University and and the uh, innovative companies in Linshipping have really. Uh, try to profile that region as as being in the interface between uh, technical development and uh, medicine or healthcare. Um, so that health tech, med tech uh, idea is something that, uh, among others, the the Wallenberg Foundation has uh, um, realized is particularly strong in Linshipping, and uh, and um, there are uh, many different aspects of that being. Uh, being worked on in Linshipping, um, a lot of diagnostics as well, medical uh, imaging, for example, we have large companies such as Sectra, Amra, uh, big uh, research companies leading uh, innovators in the world in that uh, aspect. And all of this kind of provides this idea that technology is really uh, going to help the, the patients both with diagnostics and other things. And it gives a, 
an understanding of the importance uh, of, of new technologies that have benefited Viriperia a lot in this region, I think. How important is your location for the future development of the company? Well, I, I don't know if it's particularly <laughs> important <laughs> other than, of course, we we um, have a very strong connection with Linköping University and, uh, and that's also going to be important, at least in the near future. Um, not least because of the infrastructure with the with the zebra fish facility and and uh, um, recruitment of of uh, highly skilled people to the company uh, but uh, in the longer term i don't know uh, <laughs> i don't know if it's going to be particularly important uh, it, the company uh, is designed such that it should be um, possible to operate it anywhere. We are planning to set up labs and facilities in other continents. Um, and um, and it's, uh, the market is global. Uh, our customer base is already global. Uh, so um, uh, we are probably going to expand in other territories in the future as well. I can just uh, agree, uh, agree, of course, with you, Lars, regarding this but also strengthen that uh, sitting in Linköping and, and Sweden and Nordics uh, can have an advantage uh, because of oncology in the Nordics and Sweden have a very good reputation. Uh, for instance, in clinical trials in Karolinska and Linköping as university, uh, as university mm -hmm. cities. So I think it can be, uh, can be good when even when, when growing globally that we, have a, that we still sit in Linköping. So. Mm -hmm. Can be so. Yeah, Lasse, you mentioned before the business development support that's good to have when you're starting a company. Did you have uh, any of that from uh, from some of the innovation system? Oh yes, system? yes. So we we have had a lot of help from the lead incubator in in Linköping. Um, mainly uh, business development support, but also uh, um, HR support has been very um, important uh, during some key recruitments, um, especially the last couple of years. Um, um, some legal uh, help uh, um, and IP help from that uh, in incubator, uh, but also uh, uh, um, somewhat banal issues such as funding. They they have helped us with uh, with funding uh, uh, both in the early days, but also later on, uh, uh, relieving some of the stress that that can otherwise uh, take up <laughs> your mind with things that you should not have to worry about so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to hear. Uh, what do you see could add more to the ecosystem? Um, I personally feel that a bit more. Um, uh, of the the pharma uh, industry um, or um, pharmaceutical development platforms uh, in Linköping uh, would be very helpful. So there's of course very renowned platforms in Uppsala and uh, Stockholm uh, with the SciLife Labs uh, in particular, but also a lot of companies uh, helping um, uh, pharmaceutical developments and small uh, pharma companies, but there are not much of that in Linköping. Uh, so a bit more of that, which is a little closer to our area of business, could create a nice uh, uh, um, ecosystem also related to pharma and pharma development. 
Otherwise, I think there's a lot of you know organizations and, and uh, research groups that probably will collaborate with you in Uppsala or Stockholm. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are collaborating with some, yeah. of course, but uh, uh, there's also something to be said from just uh, walking down the corridor sure. and meeting uh, someone uh, on a daily basis. But, uh, but uh, especially with the corona crisis that we've been through now, everyone, I think, have have become more used to uh, breaking down these physical distance mm. uh, um, borders and interacting much more with each other. So that 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 is one positive thing that has happened during these last one and a half years, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, do you see a way that you could uh, support others in the system? I would like to think that uh, our services are supporting uh, the, the pharma companies, of course. We are um, also uh, very interested in collaborating with people, for example, in regulatory affairs. We, we have uh, met some challenges ourselves uh, in this area and have started to develop some solutions and, and uh, would like to discuss uh, that with others. Um, um, working, for example, with diagnostics or other uh, regulatory um, aspects. It can also be um, IP issues. We still have some uh, some considerations on which way to go, um, since our product is both uh, partly physical products, but also to a large extent process-based and how to protect that uh, 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 and should it be protected. And there might be other companies that uh, that have similar uh, considerations, and I think that we can learn from each other. And uh, uh, just having an open climate and discussing these things could benefit us, but hopefully our experiences could also benefit others. Mm, definitely. Good. Thank you very much. Um, I think we all agree that uh, the market potential is exceptionally high within this field, and it's it's also have a high patient value within with precision medicine, and it's also I think precision medicine is very early in its stages. We will develop a lot over the years, so I'm glad to hear that you keep keeping up the pace and, and that you can deliver that both to directly to healthcare, but also to those who develop other products and services. And it will be super interesting for us uh, to follow your journey. And uh, good luck with that. And thank you for thank coming. Thank you very much. Good thank luck. you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. thank you for, for being here. Thank mm. you. <laughs> thank I shared value with uh, us and uh, all the listeners. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Our pleasure. This podcast series is developed and produced by Stunts Life Science. Stunts is a foundation creating sustainable growth through private-public collaborations. Thank you for listening and for more information about this podcast and as well as about Stunts, please visit our website lifescience.stunts.se and follow us on LinkedIn where you will find us under our name. <laughs>